So my name is Demetra K. And my company's name is Demetra K. Consulting, rather. Demetra K. Consulting. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, man, I got some of my favorite game to give you. You know I get extra excited when I have a fellow consultant and public relations professional, you might recognize Demetra K, Demetra K Consulting. She has a YouTube channel. She also does appearances and we're part of the same family at the African Diaspora News Channel where we all love to serve and hear and some of us deliver the news. Demetra, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome, awesome, because I, I love talking all things PR and consulting business. And so when I had found out that's what your profession was, I said, oh, hold on, let's geek out, let's talk PR. Give us some background on like, how did you get into PR and consulting? Well, um, I will say this, I've always um, been a helpful person as for as long as I can remember all the way back to high school, right? And so I guess I've always um, been a consultant, maybe by nature, but technically speaking, I got my master's in public re uh, relations in 2014. And so I guess that's when I became official. Wow. W what made you get your master's in consulting in 2014? Because uh, I'm going to date myself uh, and I just look like this, Demetra, but you know, I got mine I think it was 2006. And I think since then, and paying over $100,000 worth of Sally Maybach, I've told people, <laughs> you do not need a master's to do what we do. Has it helped me? Sure, there's some times, but I was teaching in grad school. So what made you in 2014 go out and get it? I, I guess my vibe didn't get to you yet um, and you didn't hear the message. Well, I guess for me, really, because I had heard a lot of other of my professors saying, you know, I'm a bachelor's is not going to get it. You need to go out there and get you, you know, a master's so you can go on and, you know, do other things. Back in the day, a bachelor's would work, but now it won't. So and also my mother wanted me to uh, continue my education. And so I guess that's why I did it. But I'm with you. Um, it wasn't needed, I don't think, because I rarely even tell people I have a master's. Okay, okay. And not that college isn't, you know, great and it's all good to get all the education. The Nigerians have proved keep getting education. It's just how do you get it and if you have to pay for it. I know some of my grad school was covered, but not all. And I wish I would have, you know, had the foresight to have all of it. So what has having a master's, let's, let's go on the positive side. What has it? Cause I can hear some others cringing saying, Kelly, don't say that. I need my baby to go get a master's and a PhD. So what has, you know, how has it helped you? Um, I don't know that it's helped me more than um, a bachelor's would have helped me, but I will say that I have been able to uh, get a job being a professor um, in the past. So that's helped me because you need, you know, a master's in able, uh, to be able to do that. So, 
But yeah. I mean, I guess it's helpful if you want to get a job. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, I don't know. Okay, and I'm still waiting. I do some guest lecturing and, um, you know, I, I'm looking for my, wait, I'm searching for my full-time position because I just love teaching this stuff while being active. Let me ask you, when you were in, in college, because my, my situation may have been unique and different, did you find that the professors were active in their field? Um, mines were. My, my, uh, as far as public relations, yes. Um, they were active in their field. I would say for the most part, most of them were. Okay, okay. And and again, I had a, a different situation where we had Mr. Pitts, uh, that, you know, he was the only guy doing voiceover who was active, who had like practiced in the last, you know, decade or two. So I just, that's why I'm so kind of eager now to say, let me teach this so I can teach you guys the software, the tricks, the tips. I know it's not the most money in the world, but it's almost a um, something that I feel like I have to do. So I'm glad to hear that you too will be, you're looking for your position. So folks, if you're looking out there for a virtual teacher, Demetri K, let her teach. <laughs> now into, you, into the YouTube world, how do you go into PR consulting and then YouTube? What made you do that? Um, well, I've had a YouTube channel, oh wow, for maybe who? Well, I actually started my YouTube channel when I was, you know, going to school actually for my um, bachelor's for communication. So I've had it for a while, but I seriously started using it maybe about seven years ago. But if you really think about it, consulting, public relations um, and YouTube, it's all related to public speaking. Right. Because there is uh, a public speaking aspect of public relations. And so it's just kind of all worked out. Okay. And some people will say, man, I wanted to do that, but I'm not a good public speaker. For all the great public speakers, uh, I think we also need, you know, those great editors and, and writers because, you know, a lot of us, um, our dyslexia and ADHD diagnosis have um, had us make an excuse for ourselves and being lazy. And I'm one of those in, in that boat. Now, outside you know how are your clients um in consulting what type of client do you like what's the ideal client for Demetri K well to be honest the ideal client is the one that's gonna pay me <laughs> <laughs> no seriously you know because um a lot of times you get people that they want to pay you but they don't necessarily have it and then but they want you to give them you know the consulting and so I just being honest, the ones that pay, but no, really the ones that's open to learning something new. I don't like working with people who think they already know everything because it's hard to coach people who come to the game with their own instructions per se. So I like to be, I work with people who are coachable and who are open to new ideas. Okay. So you can't be encourageable folks. Um, if you come over there and you definitely know if you've listened to even one of my shows prior to this, uh, I'll fire a client um, in, in a second uh, because I, I just don't have the time. I want to deal with my tribe of people, whoever you look like, whatever background, but you got to want me to do what I do. So what do you, is that like one of the biggest pitfalls that you see people coming and saying they want the world, but they don't have even a budget for a month? 
Yes, um, I've had that. And so I, I'm with you. Um, I, I also like to interview people before I even get started. And actually, that's what my uh, dissertation was on. Uh, in public relations, you got to protect yourself as well, because you can have clients that will undo you, <laughs> if you will, or potentially ruin your reputation. And so I feel like the interview process is uh, a two way street. So, yeah, um, when I'm in working with people, I want to know, you know, exactly what is your budget? You know, how long you want me to work with you? And what are you looking to get out of this? Because I understand some people don't have a lot of money. And so I'm able to work with that. But if you just don't see yourself paying me at least some of what I'm worth, then, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to bother. Well, what do you think about these people who, you know, everybody, and I mean everybody, you could come down, you know, near Mar-a-Lago and see the big Rolls Royces and talk to the people and they talk real big, have this company, have that company, but then they have no dough, no budget. And you say, hold on, you got a $3,500 car payment right there. Um, people have money for what they want. So do you think it's that they don't have money are they value their car maybe, or maybe the $5,000 mortgage on their house more than they do the business that will help pay for those bills? Um, yeah, and I also think it's it's really, they don't have a value on themselves and they don't have a value on, you know, me as the consultant because they maybe don't feel like what they're asking me to do is really that valuable. And so what I do is I, help people to de um, develop a message and teach them how to deliver it to their audience verbally and visually to become more appealing. And so that is valuable. If you are not able to speak to your audience or to even be visually appealing to your audience, I mean, that's kind of the first step of getting people to understand or even know what it is you do. And so a lot of times I just find people, they don't really have a, uh, they don't realize it, but they don't really value that service as much. Mm, I like how you started that they don't value themselves. How can they value you? And for years, I struggled. I've been doing this for almost, I'm a year away from two decades officially of getting paid wow. on top of the table instead of underneath it. Because I started with the goons and the goblins but, yeah. <laughs> in, 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 in music. But if that value sometimes I, I and I love that you shared that because I've heard that whether the um, professional on our side black white male female could be a zebra in one case that they all struggle with the same things and it's not that people aren't doing the work it's that you get these clients who think oh all you have to do is pick up the phone all you have to do is send a mass email and you know that's it can you talk about your forte in consulting or PR, what you like to do? Because I like to pitch all day because I like to talk, um, you know, business and, and, and network. But what's your forte and, and how many hours does something like that take to do effectively for a client? Well, my forte is grooming, if you will. So as I said before, grooming visually and verbally. I like to work with people and get them up to par as far as speaking and how they look. Because a lot of people don't realize that a first impression is really important. So whatever your business is, you can't come to, you know, your client looking any old kind of way, right? And, and, and I also teach people you have to be able to mirror your client, right? So you don't want to be overdressed and they're not and all that. 
but I, I like to really just teach people how to speak. And one of those things that I do is I ask them, well, so tell me about yourself. And I would say maybe eight times out of 10, they don't know. So I'm like, if you're in an interview and somebody's saying, okay, well, tell me about, you know, you as a, uh, an artist. Uh, um, uh, so I'll help them to develop a message. So that way it just rolls off. So that's one of the things I do. Okay. Okay. I almost wanted to put you in the uh, category of a, um, another influencer who's a um, self-proclaimed high value man and say image oh, consultant. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. My my relationship with so many of the influencers, I, I can never sometimes say names, but those who know, they know, and I know you get it. But you know, putting that image together um, sounds like you know you, you want to see them from A, not necessarily when they're already at T which I'm sure you'll take them at T or P or whatnot, yes. but to really, you know, form and, and put that clay together. Um, what is the least uh, favorite, you know, thing that you like to do for the clients? The least favorite thing. Oh, wow. Um, the least favorite thing you know, I don't really have a least favorite thing because I like, I really like molding people. Um, I, I will say the least favorite thing is for me to have to continue to help have them have self-confidence, right? Because sometimes people will come to you, oh, okay, I want to get out there because I've worked with our political candidates who didn't have any public speaking skills at all. And so sometimes it does take you to motivate them and encourage them but i don't want to keep doing that every time we meet like you can do this because you should have already been at that point when you came to me so it's not that i dislike encouraging people i don't like having to do it every single time we meet okay okay and and usually that's something that their therapist needs to you know deal with them not right. necessarily you know um, be, being mama to everybody and, 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 you know, <laughs> sometimes but you know, had, being, uh, uh. But being, being a consultant, you will have to be some sort of a therapist or a, a nurturer, if you will, because some people need that too. They, they need somebody, um, to you maybe just talk, help them talk through some of the issues they're having because public speaking is not for everybody. Now I firmly believe that most people can do it if they try. I agree. I agree. And if they can't do it, go to Toastmasters and keep going until you can, because that's a great free way for most of yes. the clubs for you to, you know, I have an inner shyness. I'm shy in real life. But when I got to talk and put food on the table, I'll start yip, yip, zip on a zip, zip, zip. <laughs> so it's <laughs> OK. So, you know, with the consulting, a lot of times you will find yourself being available in the beginning of a business where you can become a partner in the business, especially if they don't have the money. How, how has that worked out for you? Or is that something that you even entertain? If a client, you really love the idea, love the client and say, you know what, you don't have all my money, but I'll take a piece of this. Um, I've, I've never had that um, opportunity given to me 
but I, I don't think that I would want to. Now, I, I have had people ask me, would I come on a board to what they're doing to help coach or with some marketing things, which marketing is not really my specialty. I, I know about it, but it's not really my specialty. And I've declined because I want to do my thing, right? You know, my mom used to always say, do your thing. Don't get distracted. Don't get pulled into a hundred different directions because then you can't fully work on your business. And so I, I have to not do that on purpose. Okay. And you guys, when you, she talks about her mother, know that her mother is also um, a photographer. And if you see, think Demetri K is recognizable, it's because her mother has taken pictures of her and they've gone, you know, out into the world. I'm talking about this black and white photo that I saw on your Instagram, Demetri, and you said, you know, my mother was the photographer and it looked like it, she was a professional. So I'm giving mama, you know, her, her, her props for <laughs> being cold on the, on the camera. <laughs> and, and so, you know, with the consulting, you haven't had that opportunity, and I'll let you know, a, a PR tip, consulting tip, it's never given to you. You have to take it because clients usually aren't that creative where they say, wait, you mean you'd work for free if I give you a part of this business that's not generating income? And say, yeah, but when it's generating income, I'm going to take a great portion of it. Have you seen Shark Tank? Welcome to Kellen's Tank. I, I, I need mine. So... You know, just just know that because not to throw black people under the bus because we love them. And I know that your whole, you know, platform is dedicated to the uplifting. But yes. when we talk, it's something about a prophet not being respected at home. And when that person looks like you, it's the harder sell, I find. And the majority of the time, because they're like, they look at you as a family member almost. And why don't you want me to succeed? Of course, you'd work 160 plus hours for me this month. Have you found ways and systems to streamline people where you can get the time wasters, the vampires out of there quickly? Oh, yes. And that's that interview. You know, while they think they're interviewing me. I'm interviewing them as well. And so there's certain things they may say or they may be hesitant about some things. And I'll say, OK, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to do that because I know it's going to be more work for me. And like you, I have worked with, you know, people who just made you want to pull your hair out. So, for example, you know, you're rendering a service. And then when it comes time for payday, it's like, oh, you know, um, and I'm talking about our people now. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have it this week. Uh, you know, uh, this and that came up the first time. Like, oh, OK, uh, no worries. You know, then the second time, then you got to kind of get gangster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need my money. I had one guy said, well, um, well, what do you need it for? You don't is it, you don't have to pay your rent or nothing, do you? And I'm like, why is that your business? <laughs> I need you to pay me my money regardless of why I need it. And he paid it to me. <laughs> that is funny. Um, you know, in the world of consulting, a lot of my mentors would say, Kellen, you're way too flashy. Your, your lifestyle is way too. And I'm like, my lifestyle, this is just what I'm accustomed to. This is what it is. Um, but they said, you can't even drive certain cars around your clients because they'll think that they're paying for that car. Like their one payment is paying for that car. And I mm -hmm. used to listen, I used to listen to my mentors until I 
you know, I got it where I'm like the mafia now. The books ain't even open at certain times for us to take on. You can't you can't buy your way in to this God given gift. But I, I like how you said you have to get gangsters. So we come from that. And so what I tell clients is we get paid up front. And, and, and if you don't understand that, I need you to go into Aston Martin or Saks or wherever and say, look, I'm going to use this product and I'll pay you later. It, it, nine out of 10 times it ain't happening. And if it does, you're like Michael Jackson or something. <laughs> you got an account that they know, you know, they can right. pull from. Um, outside of the consulting, because a lot of times you'll say the same thing over and over. Have you looked into writing a book or courses to add on to the consulting? As far as me taking courses? Or- no, no, you, you writing them, you writing the book, you creating courses for people to get them ready, especially for those who say, I don't have your fee, but look, I got all, I got something to sell everybody personally. I'm just, I'm like Grant Cardone. What? You, so <laughs> do, 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 do you have a book or, or maybe courses or courses in the work for those who might not have the money, but because you've said this a hundred times to clients, you're able to say, Hey, check out this video. And it costs $10 to view or something like that. I, I have thought about writing a book. I just not seriously but yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to consider as far as because I think, you know, to your point, I think I know where you're getting at. If you were to have a, if I were to have a book or a video or something and I can send the people, hey, this is ten dollars because those are probably and I hate to say it. Those are probably going to be the time wasters. And so here you buy this product for me and you can look at it or read it at your leisure. But you didn't totally waste my time because I got something for for it. And then you got something as well. So, yeah, something to think about. Awesome. Awesome. And with the success that you have had and the best is yet to come. So the success that you're going to have, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? Well, I um, always give away services. I really believe, um, you know, I don't give them away to the detriment of myself, but I like to do pro bono work because, you know, there was a time in my life when I couldn't afford certain things. And so I always, you know, there's nothing major per se. Maybe somebody just needs to talk to me about whatever, right? And so I'll just, you know, meet with them and help them through whatever it is they uh, issue they have. And, you know, I'm done with it from that point. Okay. Anybody listening to this, so you, you, you see where to go. If you just need a shoulder to lean on, you know, if you call me. <laughs> if you if you call me, you get the automatic text telling you pick your paid consulting time. Um, and that's only because the stuff that I do like you and um, it's kind of done through organizations, you know, uh, maybe going into the jail cells, the prisons, the youth places and, and talking to um, the least of these that I say, man, I, I can't hang with y'all anymore, but I'll, I'll come sit and, and, and chill for a minute. As far as YouTube, what is, you know, something, the most shocking thing with being on YouTube? Uh, <laughs> you know, I could be here all day with the most shock. I'm all, I think every day when I see something, I'm shocked. Um, I, I would think for me, the most shocking thing is a lot of people want to gloss over the obvious, right? So instead of 
let's say clicking onto the video and watching the content. They'll go by the uh, the title alone and then they'll comment. It's like, well, did you even click on the video to understand what was what the title was about? They'll say, oh, well, this is clickbait. You didn't even click on it. So how do you know? <laughs> so I'm, sh I'm shocked sometimes that um, I would say people's um, willingness to be ignorant, if that makes any sense. Definitely, definitely. And you have those. What about, you know, being on YouTube and, you know, DMs that you may get from, you know, YouTube to Instagram to email and and also, you know, just trying to stay entertainment and educate people at the same time. Because if you do a Jesse Lee Peterson on your channel today, you know, the numbers spike up and, you know, you it's the mess, right? And the mess always seems to get blessed with the most eyes. So has that surprised you? And do you ever see the people wakening up or is it just going to get worse and worse? Um, I, fortunately, I do see people waking up and that's why I continue to do it because I'm even more like, if, if, if it's just one, I'm okay with that, you know? But over time, I have um, had a lot of people message me and say, oh, I didn't know that. Or thank you for telling me that. Oh, you know, I've learned so much. And so that's really why I continue to do it. But to your point with Jesse Lee Peterson, your Candace Owens and, you know, people like that, it, there's a lot of money in that. There's a lot of money in, you know, misleading people um, or basically affirming what ignorant people believe because that's what your Candace's and your Jesse's they do they their audience is white people let's just keep it real and so they sell them what they already believe and so there is a lot of money in that and you know I always say there is no money in the revolution because you think about our Malcolms and you know other real leaders that came before us a lot of them died broke you know, and that's because they were trying to save our people and it was really to a detriment to themselves. And so there is no money in a revolution, which is why, you know, to your point, all the things that you're doing, you have to find other avenues of um, feeding yourself. And a lot of times activists, and I don't want to call myself an activist because, you know, I really just like to educate people. But a lot of activists believe that they need to be broke in order to be honorable, you know, if it, cause like you said, with, if people see you driving a nice car, they feel like, oh, I'm paying for that. So if they see an activist, and I'm talking about a real activist, I ain't talking about some of those other ones out there, but they <laughs> see an activist with, you know, eating, you know, a double scoop of ice cream, how you afford that? You, you, how you, where you getting this money from? <laughs> yeah, <your mama>. so, <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> But a lot of activists believe that they should be broke like that's an honorable thing. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people who think you should just give all of you away for free. I, I agree. You, you, you can't because it's not fair to your family. And it, it, you just you, you can't, you know, and there's some people who have taken this activism and they've turned it into million dollar, you know, things. Um, and and I try not to judge people's motives. I don't know what's in their heart. I just know that everybody did not get the same upbringing that I might have got, you know, with a, a strong family to say, nah, you're tripping. 
You got how much for a school? And you saying, this is all that you've done? Hold on, you're tripping. You got how many wives? And you, you know, your kids are riding Bentleys and you talking black, black, black. And, and, and it's more for show, show, show. So yeah, I, you don't have to be broke because even with what you're doing on YouTube, you don't even have to have the uh, big audience to make six figures on YouTube. What you do right. have to do is have a strategy and a plan. And I tell people I interview every week. I'm interviewing at least one, a lot of times more than two or three multimillionaires. I say, you don't think that um, my network <laughs> increases because I'm talking to X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I've talked to a 13-year-old millionaire on here. He's 13. Wow. And I'm like, man, show my kids how to make this money. You know, because <laughs> I'm not going to play with stocks the way you play with stocks. The way I play with stocks is like a Raider fan should play with stocks. You buy what you buy low and leave it alone so you don't yes. lose in the, at the end of the game. Um, that's me. But... um. I love this, this convo and I want people to go check you out. I want the uh, channel to grow. I know it will grow. And I know, you know, what you're doing, even with um, Phil's platform. I mean, it's such a, it's a blessing. And I see those viral videos every time I smile because you didn't have to do it with a gimmick. You just were yourself. Right. And, you know, and I want to talk about that too, being authentic. Cause you mentioned the high value man who shall remain nameless. So, yeah, that particular person, you know, says they're um, an image consultant and all of that. And I, I guess I have to take him for his word, but I don't feel, and this is just me, I don't I don't feel he's authentic. I feel like he, and I, I liken him to a Candace Owens. I call him the Candace Owens of, you know, Black relationships because he comes off as trying to help people. But then if you really think about it, it's like, well, you're, you're helping to cause a schism in the black community as far as relationships, because I can't tell you how I can go on Facebook right now and I'll see a black man talking about a high valued or, you know, the modern day woman, you know, and, and, and black women ain't this and black. And I can tell that they are in the cult of the high valued man <laughs> per se. And so. I don't, I, I feel like you should be authentic. Now, I believe that this high value man is getting the bag and he has found the niche of, you know, most of his followers are black men. I'm not saying all black men. I'm saying most of his followers are black men. He's found the niche with those particular black men that don't necessarily like black women much. And so he's gotten them to follow him. And in the process, he's getting rich to do it. So I'm going to be authentic regardless of how much money I make. I'm not going to sell myself out for money. And I, I'm not going to sell my message out or I'm not going to sell my people out. So I may never be rich. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and what is what is rich um, to wealth and what is wealth to, you know, um, just being alive and working in your purpose? I mean, that's priceless. You can't buy working in your purpose. And, you know, the, the individual you're talking about, I remember him years ago, you know, talking to him, giving him some some free game. And because he, you know, he was brought to my circle and, you know, we've had him on the um, on the African Diaspora Network. But privately i'll say nice guy what's being portrayed on tv 
It's like Jesse Lee Peterson and even Rick Santorum. Um, Rick Santorum off the camera is actually a decent guy. A lot of politicians are. I interned on the Hill, but I met him somewhere else at a conference, um, ICRS, I think it was, big Christian conference. And total different person than, hey, I'm going to be on TV and I want to be popular, you know? And so you just never know. And that's why I tell people, be careful how, you know, what you say about these people, because half of them aren't even who they really are. A lot of these tough guys in the manosphere ain't tough guys. And um, we've been responsible for checking some of them because we don't play that. Talk about people's wives or children and be seen. Um, I'll leave it at that because we want to keep it <laughs> positive. But like the high value, just talking about what the black manosphere is saying about high value and not just one person, there's barbers who don't even own their shop who think they're high value. That's why I find this comical. That you think because you make six figures, six figures, I tell you what, I just said the 13 year old who's making six figures, I, 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 six figures is broke when you're dealing with people who are in venture funds, whatnot. And if you're a qualified investor, you're talking about six figures. If you don't have six figures, you can't even get in this fund. You're not even invited to the party. If you know, um, I'm about 17 minutes from Mar-a-Lago. Without $200,000 and an invite, you can't even get in. Um, if that's even high value, because the man who owns it, I don't know if you'd call that high value with a, a, a low moral compass. And that's my Irish twin. Right. Both both born on the same day, read every book he wrote before he went crazy and political. But <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely get it. And, and I can see you were raising like the church. Like, what do you think that somebody thinks that because they made six figures and can't even form a sentence um, or, you know, what do you think about that man who says, oh, I'm high value because I make six figures for the last two, two, three years. What is your opinion? Well, I think, you know, especially with the ideology that this particular high value man is teaching, he's teaching people to be a, a shell, a facade. You are high valued if you're making excellent equal because his definition is $10,000 per month makes you high value. It's like, okay, but what about what's inside of that person? You know, because he also teaches them or tries to tell women to accept that your man is going to cheat on you if he's high valued, right? And so you're saying that he's making 10,000 a month and that's making him high value, but he has, like you say, a little moral compass because he's, you know, unfaithful. So he's not really teaching these men to be well-rounded, if you will. So no, I, I and, and I, I, the, amount of men that I see on social media with this high valued man attitude. And then I'll, sometimes I go to their page and I'm like, dude, no shade because we all need them. You are a janitor. Okay. That's the, the kind of stuff that this perplexes me. Like he's really got you thinking you're high valued and you come again. I said, the men that follow him have about four questions. How tall are you? What's your dress size? How much you weigh? How many kids you got? I said, is that all you're, you're taught that a woman is? It's just those four things? <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 a, it's nonsense. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause you have six figure. I have a friend and when he, um, we were all in college and he's like, you know me, I didn't no time to go to college. Um, I'm a six figure garbage man in San Francisco. And you know, he, and, and if he, he would never confuse himself for high value because he was so low brow and, and just low class. I mean, you know, from the same um, Bay area, all that, but not high value just because of the money you make. And it's, it's, it's interesting how people put so much value because the money you make could be taken in a blink of an eye. And then what are you trash? Because you, you don't make this amount of money. And I think we're all high value because you're God's creation. I'm definitely not a perfect person and I'll prove it to you if you stand around me too long or too close. So I just, I, I find it interesting, but he's secure in the bag. And at 50 something years old, if, you, if that's the way you got to do it, same thing with Jesse Lee Peterson. I watch it really with both of them as comedy um, and other people, not just them. And I'm like, this is comedy, especially if you know certain things about people that you would never tell. I remember meeting right. Jesse Lee Peterson and saying, this guy, this guy ain't who he portrays to be, but he's found a way to secure the bag. And if not for that, you know, maybe Jesse Lee Peterson to be on Skid Row the same skid row. He has a church, you know, he, he does really? some good. Yeah. He's a pastor. He has his own church in LA. Um, I don't know. And he's had a, a nonprofit for over 30 years that helped men, um, you know, regain their manhood, the same stuff he preaches. So maybe that's really him. And I sometimes think if you have Jesse Lee Peterson, or if you have Cardi B or, you know, um, the future or, who would you rather people be? A serial impregnator or um, Jesse Lee? Again, I have my own issues, so I, I really can't judge because um, I just hope that people realize what they're doing. You know, more good than than bad. Right. So that's that's the game, and and I don't because I don't want to you know, be on my high horse and, you know, if you're really high value, you do this, this, and this, and how many <laughs> homes do, how many homes do you own? How many investments do you have? Um, oh, none. Okay. I, I don't think, I don't think so, but I'm going to take this conversation offline so we can really y'all shoot the tea. I can't like give you what I want to tell Demetri because I got, you know, relationships. And if I say the wrong thing, Somebody will call me and say, hey, you're talking about my daddy. <laughs> uh, so, so you guys like, share, subscribe. We're going to take this off air. And thank you for being a guest. Oh, absolutely. And thank you. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.